Welcome to this message from Shofar Christian Church. May you experience God's grace as you listen to this word being preached. Um, but I'm just going to introduce Andre. He's going to be sharing um, the word with us this morning. Andre is my husband. Um, and we have three kitties. And he is a very constant man that is very yielded to the Lord's work in his heart and the way he responds to God and encourages others with him um, is very inspiring. We love you and we're excited to hear from you. That's a nice introduction. Wow. Yeah, the gifts. The kiss and the words. Yeah, I just want to mention again, if you're visiting us, please join us for any and all of the announcements, everything that was mentioned. Um, the youth camp, the relationship week, if you're a scholar here, please come and join us. Come and have some fun. So this morning, it's my privilege to share, and I'm really excited. You know, it's always fun to hear what is on God's heart. And then as you pray about it, God starts stirring and stirring and stirring. So I'm very excited this morning, and I'm going to talk about identity. Um, today is the first day of our relationship week. So we have all the sessions in the week, and then next Sunday, Henny will end off. Now when we talk about relationships, it's all relationships. So it's not just romantic relationships. It's friends, colleagues, family, and romantic relationships, and whatever else you can have, parenting, whatever the case may be. Okay, so first off, I would like us just to put ourselves in somebody else's shoes, just for a little bit. So imagine you're sitting here this morning, and you're from a different country, and you don't have an ID, you don't have a driver's license, you don't have a passport. You're sitting here this morning without any identification. Just imagine how limiting that... Oh, that's my picture. I was a lot younger younger there. (laughs) Um, Imagine what you can't do in this country. I mean, you can't open any accounts. You can't get a driver's license. You can't get an ID. You can't get a passport. You can't open a cell phone account, you can't study, you can't get married, you can basically do very little if you don't have an ID document in this country. Now imagine how that must make you feel. Do you think you are calm, rested, at peace, content? No. I would be pretty stressed. At any moment, somebody can find out I don't have an ID, and then I may be deported or sent back or locked up or whatever the case may be. So just imagine how you're feeling without an ID. And there's even talking about relationships. When you meet somebody, when do you tell them that? When do you share that? When there's trust? Or do you always keep a little part of you locked up and a part of you away and then you really trust that person and the person trusts you, do you then share and break that trust? How would that person feel if they realized there was a part of you that you kept hidden, 
quite an important part, actually, <laughs> of your life. Um, so I'm going to talk about identity, and I'm going to reference back to that, how you are thinking and feeling now. First off, I want to ask a question, and I want you to answer it quickly, just to yourself, in 30 seconds. Who are you? Okay, hopefully you have an answer now. I asked you, who are you? Not what you do, what your values is. Not what you like, what you don't like. What your morals. I asked, who are you? And all of us should be able to answer that question in 30 seconds. All of us should know, I am X, Y, Z. And that's what we're going to look at this morning. So I'm going to pray for us. Father, thank you that we can be here this morning. Thank you, Father, that you just want to come and establish our identity this morning, Father. That you want to come and speak to us. That this is what is on your heart for us this morning. Father, we just come and say, we surrender, Father. We know you, Father. We know you are good. And Father, we want to receive from you this morning. Come and change our lives forever, Father. Come and speak into our lives. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Awesome. So, as I was preparing, I was looking at Scripture. It's always good when you're preparing a sermon to look at Scripture, to look at the Gospel. <laughs> to stop everything you say must be based on the Bible. And as I was looking at Scriptures that the Holy Spirit just revealed to me, I came to Psalm 139, especially verse 13, 14, 15, 16. And what you normally do with a scripture is you just read it in context. So you just read the scriptures before it, after it, then you read it, the whole paragraph. And as I was reading the whole paragraph, the whole book, or just the Psalm 139, I was astounded. It's so beautiful. It's such a beautiful scripture of that David writes about God, about God knowing us, God knowing every single detail of our life. And we're going to read from verse 1 to 16. I just couldn't leave the rest out. I had to look at everything because it's so beautiful. So I'm just going to hand over to Trenton that's going to read for us. Thanks, Andre. Yeah, we're going to read from the ESV, Psalm 139, 1 through 16. And just before I go there, I just wanted to add, I was at Liberty yesterday, and I just wanted to add, it's never too late. Uh, a prayer came out on Friday night when somebody said it's never too late, and I think it was directed at me. Um, but to know your identity, it's never too late. All right, so let's get into that. So it's titled, Search Me, O God, and Know My Heart. O Lord, you have searched me and known me. You know when I sit down and when I rise up. You discern my thoughts from afar. You search out my path and my lying down and are acquainted with all my ways. Even before a word is on my tongue, behold, O Lord, you know it altogether. You hem me in behind and before and lay your hand upon me. 
Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high. I cannot attain it. Where shall I go from your spirit? Or where shall I flee from your presence? If I ascend to the heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in Sheol, you are there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there your hand shall lead me, and your right hand shall hold me. If I say, surely the darkness shall cover me, and the light about me be night, even the darkness is not dark to you. The night is bright as the day, for darkness is as light with you. For you formed me, you formed my inward parts, you knitted me together in my mother's womb. I praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works, my soul knows it very well. My frame was not hidden from you. When I was being made in secret, intricately woven in the depths of the earth, you saw my unformed substance. In your book were written every one of them, the days that were formed for me, when as yet there was none of them. Amen. Thank you, Trenton. Yes. That's beautiful. Eh? Just talking about how well God knows us. He formed us in our mother's womb. He created us. He sat and thought about us, how he's going to make each and every one of us. And then he formed us. It's so beautiful. Um, Ephesians 2 verse 10 is basically just saying the same. It's a sum, basically a summary of that. And it reads, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God has prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Isn't that amazing? God thought about you. He planned you. He created you. He made you specifically for His purposes, specifically to have a relationship with you, to know you, to have the light in you, to be with you, to be your Father, to lead you, to guide you, to always be there for you. And just thinking about this picture, like Henny mentioned it to me actually when I was preparing, but imagine God as the sculpture, and He has this piece of wood that He's going to form you out of. And your parents are like a hammer and a chisel that He used just to, to make you, to bring you to life. So God created us. Our parents made us. Um, and yes, like Becca said, we have their character traits and stuff, but God placed it there. You know, God created us like that. And this morning, talking about identity, when I joined, the, I shared now quickly, when I joined the church, I got saved, God saved me, and I did the discipleship courses that time. It was still called Foundations. Now we call it, call it Ignite and Encounters. It's where we just, as we enter into this church and into relationship with God, we allow ourselves to be discipled. We allow people to speak into our life. And when I did Encounter 3 and Encounter 4, people prayed for me. And words were spoken that they heard from God about me, who I am, 
And it, four scriptures or words specifically. And I took those words, and for the first, I was an officer in the army at that stage, and it was the only thing that was on my walls in my room was that scriptures. For two years, I just had it up. Just because I know that is what God said of me, the God who created me, this is who I am. And although I don't really have a clue yet what it means, I trust God, and I know this is what He said over my life. This is who I am. Um, and it's so amazing. For the rest of my life, I'll still get more and more revelation of what God has said, what the, that words mean to me, and I'll grow in that. But it will never change. Because God has said, Andre, this is who you are. This is who I created you. This is your identity. Um, and it's so necessary for each and every one to know that. That question that I ask, who are you? That's the answer. If you don't have that answer, you're going to struggle. Us talking about relationships, how does somebody get to know you if you don't know who you are? Uh, how difficult is that? Some of us have had a lot of hurt in a lot of relationships. Romantic friends, family, whatever. Just because we don't know that. Because we can't answer that simple question. The cord that we are built on I mean, that is your identity from God, and you build on top of it your behavior, your likes, your morals, your values. You add on to that. But if you don't have that identity, for today I'm just going to call it your true identity, that what God has said, we're going to pray with you this morning, and we're going to hear from God with you who you are, what is your identity, who God created you to be. And that words that God has given me 17 years ago, I've put into a Google Drive document. And it's so amazing. When I go through a really tough time in my life, when I'm like, ah, what the heck is going on? I don't have vision. I don't have a clue. I feel like I'm falling apart. Let me just sit with God and just write down every time that word comes up again. And then I realize I don't have to write it down again. Because I have a Google spreadsheet. And when I go and look at it, I'm so encouraged. I'm so affirmed at who God says I am. And we can put that slide up. So this is just my example. Um, you can see there. The important part, the important column is on the left. What does God say? And he said to me 17 years ago, and... When people pray for me, they, see the they use the exact same words, the exact same pictures and stuff. It's been confirmed over and over and over. So who I am, God said, you are father to many, like Abraham. You are a scout that goes out before an army and comes back with a battle plan. You are like a massive tree next to a stream where people will find safety, rest, love, etc., you are a mighty man of valor. That is who I am. Not because I fought it up. Not because I did a test. Not because of anything. But the creator, the God that created me, created me like that and he told me. So, obviously on top of that, as I mentioned, you do a couple of tests to find out who you are. To, to get to know yourself better. 
And that helps in relationships so that other people can get to know you as well. But if it's not built on the first column, it's useless. I mean, just the last column. What do I like doing? I like reading. I like to care. There's not a real lack of English word for that. I like to care. Yeah. Just to, whatever you do, as long as there's a bunch of people enjoying themselves, I love it. I love challenges. I love problem solving. I'm competitive. But if you look at that column, and you told the 18-year-old me, you're going to love reading. If you look at the five-fold gifts, it, it says, Pastor, there. If you told the 18-year-old me, Pastor, I actually like gardening now. If you told that to the 18-year-old me, <laughs> I don't know what I would have done, but definitely not believe you. Playing board games on a Saturday night, I love it. But the 18-year-old me, so is that my identity? Is that the core of who I am? That what I like? What I do? What values I've picked? Is that who I am? No. You can't build your identity on what you do. That changes. Um, what you like changes. Um, when you become a, a parent, you need to learn other skills, other abilities. You need to focus on other stuff. You change a little bit. It's the funniest thing. We have three kids. When your parents become great grandparents, they change like this. It take, I'm still not used to it. And our oldest daughter is 12 years old. They change completely. You don't know them. You have to get to know them again. Okay. So, I think you can agree with me this morning that God created us. Can I get a yes, a amen, a head nod? Okay. And that you can only find your identity, your true identity, from your Creator. Can I get a yes? Can I get an amen? Okay. So at the end of this sermon, I'm going to call you forward. We're going to have facilitators. They're going to pray with you. They're going to hear with you what God says, who you are, how He created you to be. Okay. So hold on to that. Now, talking about relationships, I'm going to make a simple statement. Obviously, there's a lot of definitions to relationships, and there's a lot of ways of saying it. But for me, it's basically just sharing who you are with somebody else. That's simple. I think we can all agree. Yes. Does that make sense? Can we run with that this morning? As I say, you can make it a lot more difficult, but the reality is Trenton is sharing who he is with me. I'm sharing who I am, and we're getting to know each other. That's relationships in any form. So, again, if he doesn't have a clue who he is, how the heck am I going to get to know him? It's going to be a battle. I've been married for 15 years. <laughs> Got that right. Um, and still, we're getting to know each other. We're still digging deeper. She often tells me, use your words. Say more. 
deal more. What do you mean? You know, we're still, we're going to get, we're probably not going to get there before we die. But <laughs> a relationship, you're always going to get to know somebody more and more and more. And the reality is you want to get to that place where you know their identity, where you know where everything is based on. That gives you confidence. As a person, if you know your identity, then you have confidence. If somebody else can know your identity, then there's security in your relationship. Then they have confidence in your relationship. It's a lot easier to trust because I know this is who Trenton is and it's not going to change. I can bank on that and we can build on that. Yes, the other stuff is human. He's going to disappoint me at some stage and maybe I, he's always on time and it's important to me and sometimes it's late. It happens. That's not his identity didn't change. I can still trust him. So, if you want to build relationship with anybody, get to know yourself better. And then help the other person to get to know you as well. So, I'm going to do a quick exercise. Hmm. Neil, where was I? Come forward, please. Putting him on the spot quickly. And now he's worried. He had a long walk. Okay. So, uh, are you going to do a prophetic dance? Or, no, I'm just joking. You're, gonna, you're just going to stand here. So, I'm going to send the mic around quickly with Trenton. And I want you to, to just say, when you think about Neil, I picked somebody that most of us know. Neil talks to everybody and then some other people as well. Um, so I would just like you to quickly say one word when you think about Neil. Maybe his character, what you like about him or what you see. Um, just say one word that, rep that Neil represents to you. I'd say um, hospitality. Uh, for me, he's wise. Connector. Loves God's word. Friendly. Runner. Funny. Funny. He loves well. Very social. <laughs> Adventurer. Thank you, Trenton. So, uh, I think that was worthwhile, eh, Neil? It was worth the trouble coming up. That's a nice affirmation session. The reason I did it was I would have mentioned 
a couple of those things about Neil. But not all of them. And what is amazing is all of us see something different in other people. And I need different people in my life to bring out, to see different parts of who I am. So me and Mezen have been married for 15 years. Got it right again. <laughs> um, but I'm not the funniest guy. And so I need people like Anil, Akun, a Peter around to see her funny side. I love it, but I don't necessarily bring that out. Okay, for, so for me to get to know her better, to enjoy more of her, I need other people around her. You know, and in anything. So what is necessary? I mean, the second commandment, God says, love your neighbor as you love yourself, which means you must actually go and love the person. You must actually go and meet people. You must actually be with people. Okay, so God created us with that in mind as well. God created you, gave you that identity. He has called you his son or his daughter, and has given you people around you to help you grow in his image, to learn more of God, to learn more of each other. And he preached last week, and he mentioned, don't isolate yourself. Yes, guys, the amount of times we can say that. You see people isolating themselves, and then the devil has a field day with them. Now I'm just going to take a break from church. I'm just going to take a break from here. I'm just going to take a break, and I'm going to go and sit alone somewhere and be alone somewhere. <laughs> it's, I'm not talking about a three-week holiday. I'm talking about people. Uh, let me just debunk that myth as well. We're going to do that a lot this week. But guys, when you get married, for some reason, people decide when they get married they want to take a year off from serving in church, from discipling people, from investing in people's life, from building God's kingdom. What the heck is that? You know, the Israelites, they had that rule, actually. Why? Men, when they get married, they must stay before, a year before they go to war. Not that they can sit and twiddle their thumbs, but they're probably going to die. And the nation won't have a lot of children. The nation is going to die. So you have to stay for a year and make babies. Okay, that was the purpose of that rule. So, yes, you can take off from church, from discipling people, if God says so, which is against His word. But if you're going to war and you're planning to make a lot of babies quickly, you know, then maybe you're busy with, you don't have that much time. But you don't take off from building God's kingdom, from being part of a community, from being part of people. And it's a risk talking about rel romantic relationships as well. When people start dating or pursuing each other or getting intentional with each other, yes, you get to know this person in church, wherever they look nice, you step a bit closer. You get to know them a little bit better. And then suddenly you decide, no, no, we must do everything alone together now. We must get to know each other alone and do everything alone. There's space for a coffee or a date. But guys, if you really want to get to know somebody, get to know them with other people.
Spend time with other people. Um, we see the same happening in church when people get a baby. I've got three kids. You, do, you don't have to tell me anything about not sleeping, about realizing in the evening you've spoken to a couple of people, but you never brushed your teeth. <laughs> that happens a lot, actually. You know, when you come home and your wife is just like, here's the baby. I'm going to go and bath. You, you don't comment. You just say yes. Okay, it happens. But guys, it is so important not to isolate yourself in that time. It's so important. If you isolate your time your, yourself, you're setting yourself up for the devil to have a field day with you. You need people around you. You need community. You need people to speak into your life, to love you. You need to be with people. Okay. Can I get a yes? Can I get an amen? Can I get a smile? Uh, everybody got very serious very quickly. <laughs> okay. That's what I wanted to share this morning. What I felt God lay on our heart, on my heart for us this morning. The most important thing is God wants to tell you who you are. He wants to meet with you this morning. And then don't isolate yourself. Be in community. But even before that, before we, I ask you to come forward and we're going to pray with you and some facilitators to come forward, what I shared in the beginning, while Mason asked if there's a chance for a word, God saved me. It wasn't my plan. God met with me one day and he called me into a relationship with him. If you are here this morning, God is here this morning, and He wants to have a relationship with you. He wants to meet with you this morning. He wants to show you that He is your Father. He wants to give you your identity. But more than that, He wants to enter into a relationship with you this morning. So I'm going to ask everybody, can you please stand? If the band can please come up. I'm going to ask us to do exactly this the same thing Henny asked us in the beginning of the service. Just close your eyes quickly and just respond to God. God is here. He wants to meet with you now. He wants to talk to you now. He wants to reveal more of himself to you now. Just say, yes, God, here I am. And then if you are here this morning and you've never said yes God gave His Son, Jesus, to die for you on the cross so that we can be restored to the Father, so that we can have a relationship with the Father. He gives His Holy Spirit to help us to have a relationship with the Father. God wants a relationship with you. Thanks for listening to this message from Shofar Joburg. May the grace you receive produce God's greatest glory and your greatest good. For more information and sermons, please visit our website at www.shofar.joburg.com.